Acts 20, uh, and then in Matthew 7. Good to be here today in the church. Amen. Amen. Good to see everybody here. Appreciate the choir singing and appreciate the special singing. Uh, I've got a lot to preach this morning, so I will preach as fast as I know how if you will listen as fast as you know how. And uh, so Brother Marvin's back there. He's shaking his head. He'll listen. Now, that'll be good. So I'm going to preach fast and you listen fast this morning. But I want you to get this message, okay? Acts chapter 20, let's begin to read in verse 28. Acts 20 and verse 28, the Bible says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall all men arise, uh, shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Now, and therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Now go to Matthew chapter 7 and look with me in verse 15. Matthew 7, verse 15. I'll let you get there. I still hear pages are turning. I heard one preacher say the other day, if you can't get to where I'm at, you stop where you are because it's all good. Amen. I thought that's true. Look in Matthew 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Now look the first part of verse 16. Ye shall know them... By their fruits, you can be seated this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you today. We thank you uh, for this day that you've given us. And uh, Lord, you certainly know the message I've got in front of me today. And I feel this would be the message for the hour. And Lord, it'd be real easy to stand up here and and preach about you and uh, what you are to us after they sung that song. And what can you do? Uh, I know you're our friend and you're our comfort and and you're our guide and our direction and uh, our help when we need help and I know that but I really believe this would be the message for the hour and I pray that you'd help us I pray you'd guide us and Lord you'd guard our thoughts and uh, Lord just give us an unction from the Holy One and anoint us afresh from heaven but I pray you'd keep Satan now this meeting I pray you'd keep him from hindering us but you'd hinder him and Lord that when we leave out of here we'll leave better than what we come in And you'll do a work that I cannot do and that we cannot do ourselves. I pray you'd work in folks' hearts. If there's somebody here that's lost, I pray you'd save them. Bring them to that saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us at Calvary. And thank you for him. And Lord, we pray you'd help us now while we preach. And again, we'll give the glory. Save that sinner that's near his tail for all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The Apostle Paul in the book of Acts, he is... Uh, at the church of Ephesus in verse 17. uh, And we learn that he is talking to the elders. He called the elders of the church. uh, And in part of what he's telling them, and he had told them that he had uh, not shunned to declare unto them all the counsel of the word of God. uh, But he said in verse 28, uh, he said, Take heed unto yourselves uh, and to all the flock or the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to do some things 
uh, the pastor is to do some things. One of, one, first of all, uh, uh, the pastor, he said, you're the overseer, but then he said, they're the feed, the church of God. Uh, my job is to feed y'all. My job is to give you uh, uh, and that something from God that will help you uh, uh, through this coming week. Uh, I, I believe that's my job. You say, well, and I'll be honest with you, some, some people think that my job is to give them something uh, that'll help them for the next six months. Uh, because that's the only time I see them, about every six months, amen? And you're welcome, amen? Uh, listen, uh, uh, listen. how many times do you go to the dinner table uh, uh, and that to eat? I go about three times a day. I know I look like I go more, uh, but about three times a day uh, I, I like to go eat. Uh, uh, but my job uh, uh, is to feed you, is to feed the church of God. Uh, there's more preachers than that concerned uh, about shearing the sheep instead of feeding the sheep. Uh, uh, but I'm going to be honest with you, the only shear once a year, uh, uh, but but you feed every day, uh, and so my job is to feed the church, uh, and I believe the church is important. I believe you uh, uh, are important to the cause of Christ. Uh, uh, you're important to me uh, as the pastor of this church. Uh, and then he tells us here in the last part uh, of that verse, he said, "Which is purchased uh, with his own blood. Uh, he bought and paid for you uh, with the blood that he shed at Calvary." Uh, uh, boy, the Bible said in Revelations one and five. Uh, unto him that loved us and washed us uh, uh, from our sins in his own blood. Uh, uh, he said in the book of Matthew, uh, uh, this is my blood shed uh, uh, for the remission of many. Hey, ain't you glad today, uh, uh, friend, that God himself uh, shed his blood at Calvary uh, where me and you could get saved. Hey, I'm glad for the shed blood. Uh, uh, listen, the Bible said in Leviticus 17, I believe it is, uh, uh, it said over there that the life of the blood is in the flesh uh, and he said, I've given the blood uh, uh, for an atonement uh, uh, for the soul. Amen. Jesus Christ uh, at Calvary atoned uh, for mine and your sin uh, so that me and you could get saved. Thank God for that today. But notice what he said uh, uh, in verse 29 and verse 30. Uh, he begins to say something uh, uh, right here. He begins to warn the church at Ephesus uh, about what's going to happen. And he said there's going to be some wolves, uh, grievous wolves in Ren, uh, not sparing the flock. Uh, uh, and I want us to look this morning uh, uh, about some wolves. Uh, uh, I, find, uh, I find an old fable uh, uh, that I learned when I was a boy uh, uh, in Aesop's fable about that. Uh, uh, the boy that cried wolf. Uh, uh, you remember that story, the boy that cried wolf? He's a little shepherd boy. Uh, uh, and, and he thought for fun, uh, as he was out there watching the sheep, uh, uh, that he would holler wolf, wolf. Uh, uh, and the town people come running, uh, but there was no wolf. Uh, and so he, uh, you know, he sniggered and they all went back and they patted him on the head and said, don't do that again. Uh, and, and, and so he let everybody get back down uh, out to town and, and, he, and he was bored uh, and he cried wolf again when there was no wolf and they come running. And so uh, they said, don't be doing this because there's no wolf here. And so the third time, I think most of us know the fable, the story, that finally there was a wolf that come by and he cried wolf but there was nobody come uh, to the help because you know why? Because he had cried wolf so many times there had been nobody there or there had been no wolf there so they wasn't going to come. The moral of that story is, is even when you're telling the truth when you've lied so much people ain't going to believe you. That's the moral of that story right there. But notice what he was doing. Notice what the shepherd was supposed to be doing. He was supposed to be watching over the sheep for the wolf. 
And so right here, uh, uh, listen, there comes a time uh, uh, that I might have to cry wolf. John chapter 10 said this, But he that is an hireling, uh, and not the shepherd whose own sh- uh, the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, uh, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, uh, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. Now if you don't get anything else that I've said today uh, uh, about the wolf, uh, uh, is it's a dangerous creature. The wolf is a very dangerous creature. We don't have wolves around here. We have what's called uh, coyotes. That's a hybrid wolf. Uh, uh, and, and we have to deal with them sometimes. Uh, uh, and they're dangerous also. And I'll deal with them here in a minute. Uh, but the wolf, he is after blood uh, and he is a meat eater. Now notice in John 10, uh, uh, the Bible said that he catcheth the sheep and he scattereth the sheep. Now you look in Webster's 18.28 and it says that the wolf is an animal of the genus Canis. You know what that means? His biology is he's a canine. He's a dog. He is a beast of prey that kills sheep and other small animals. And then he said this, the wolf is crafty, greedy, and ravenous. The Oxford Dictionary said that he is a wild carnivorous mammal of the dog family, used figuratively to refer to a rapacious, ferocious, voracious person. The Bible mentions three wolves, and we've seen two of them. Uh, In the book of Acts, uh, uh, it refers to the grievous wolf. Now stay with me, I'm going to get this thing off the ground. God help me, okay? He refers to the grievous wolf. You know what the word grievous means? Afflictive or painful. It means causing grief or sorrow. So Paul is saying right here, when I leave, there's going to be some that is going to come in among you and there's going to be some uh, uh, that, that uh, rise up from among you and they're going to be grievous uh, and they're going to be burdensome and distressing to you. The book of Matthew talks about the ravening wolf. And that means to be praying with rapacity and ferociously devouring. And then he said this as a ravening wolf. The book of Habakkuk and I believe the book of Zephaniah talks about the evening wolf. And the evening wolf is one that is, does things in the darkness and that is his. So we see the grievous wolf, the ravening wolf, and the evening wolf. And so Paul says, uh, church, I want you to know something. Uh, uh, The pastor is the overseer. Uh, uh, He is the feed. He is the protect. Uh, He said, but I know wolves are going to come in. And you need to understand something uh, about sheep. Sheep have no defense mechanism. Think about that for just a second. Sheep has no way to fight. And Paul said that when he left, they would come in. So what keeps a wolf out of the church? What keeps a wolf out of here? That's my job. Right? 
Right? I mean, I mean, I'm the over. He said to be the overseer and feed the church of God. I get that. I understand. That. I've tried that for almost 22 years. I, I to feed y'all and fight for you. I thought about this when I studied this message and looked at you know, in the first couple of years. I, 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 I talked real big about fighting, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I've invested almost 22 years of my life and my ministry down here. I, I, I will fight if I have to, and I'm not gonna fight fair either. By the way. I want y'all to understand that. Uh, you all mean something to me. This church is not this building. It's not these pews. Uh, it's not the carpet we got in here or the furniture. Uh, listen, it's you all. And you all mean something to me. This church means something to me. And I want to be honest with you, I think it means something to a lot of y'all too. Because it's keep coming back. It keeps showing up. You keep wanting to come and worship God. and You keep wanting to act like a family and fellowship with each other. I think it means something to some of you. And so I want to look for just a little bit about crying wolf. Uh, number one, first of all, let's look at the action of the wolf. Notice in the book of Matthew chapter 7, he disguises himself. Matthew chapter 7, the Bible said right here that the wolf comes to us how in sheep's clothing. Now I grew up with Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies. Uh, that's Bugs Bunny, by the way, if y'all know what I'm talking about. And some of you will remember Sam the Sheepdog uh, uh, and Wiley Coyote. Uh, what was he always trying to do with Sam the Sheepdog? He was always trying to get them sheep, wasn't he? And in one of them, and in one of them classic cartoons, uh, uh, he dressed up uh, like a sheep. Reckon where they got that for their cartoon that, you reckon? Right here, Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, uh, as he's talking about false prophets uh, which come in, uh, uh, he said they're going to come to you in sheep's clothing, uh, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. He said, look, the problem you're going to have uh, uh, is that wolf is not going to look like a wolf. That's a problem, ain't it? I mean, that's a problem when, uh, when you've got something that looks like something else uh, and it don't look like what you're looking for. Uh, uh, but boy, that's a problem. And he said the problem you're going to have uh, uh, is he said they're going to be false prophets. Uh, uh, they're going to be disguised. Uh, they're going to look like you and sound like you. Uh, they're going to look right and sound right for just a little while. Uh, uh, but the apostle Paul said in no marvel uh, uh, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers uh, also be transformed as ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. They disguise themselves now it's one thing for a lost person to come into church and don't know a lot about Jesus that's not what I'm talking about so I'm talking about a dog I'm talking about folk that's got religion and, and there's something wrong uh, uh, in their heart it's one thing to get your doctrine wrong I've got friends that's got their doctrine wrong Man, I'm just going to be honest with you. They got their doctrine wrong on some things. And they're still my friend. But that's not what I'm talking about right here. Because as we go on, uh, uh, listen, we're going to see some more about that wolf. Uh, uh, but listen, they're, 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 uh, they're dressed like us. They sound like us. They look like us. Uh, uh, but they come to deceive us. 
Notice it said right here that they would enter in in the book of Acts. What did he say? Uh, the, the, the grievous wolves would enter in uh, uh, and he said not sparing uh, uh, the flock. Uh, they, they disguised themselves. Uh, uh, they'll carry the right Bible for a little while. Uh, they'll dress right. They'll have good words. Uh, uh, but, but after a while that deception uh, uh, begins to come out. Uh, let me see how I can put this to you. Uh, boy, we're going to shout, ain't we? We're shouting this morning. I knew this was going to be a shouter. You know the thing about a wolf is them true colors always come out eventually. He can't stand himself. He can't help himself. Did you know? Did you know that uh, uh, on a normal day, a wolf will eat around almost four pounds of meat, but they generally don't eat every day. So they generally eat somewhere between ten and twenty pounds when they sit down to eat, if they can get it. That's a lot of meat to eat. By the way, they're carnivorous. You know what that means? They're meat eaters. And you ever let them taste blood one time, one time, you ever let them taste church member blood or preacher blood or any of that thing uh, and they can't help themselves. I've got a friend that I used to farm for when I was a teenager. Uh, when I was a teenager and, and, and down below the church that we all went to, uh, he had a he, part of his farm was down there that he leased and uh, sometimes we raised backer down there, shame on us. And, uh, and, and, but he would run his cattle down there sometimes. And, and the next door neighbor over there, they, he had, some, I don't remember what kind of dogs they were, but, but they got to running his cattle. And, and uh, so he, he told, he went over and seen the people, said, you're going to have to do something with your dogs. Uh, uh, he, he, he sent them letters in the mail that they're going to have to do something with their dogs because they're chasing his cattle and killing his cattle. And, 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 and you know what? They would not do anything with them dogs. You know why? I don't know why they wouldn't do anything with them, but those dogs were just not going to quit on their own. Now Paul warned us about a wolf. Let me ask you this question. If he warned us about a wolf, don't you think we ought to know something about a wolf? Don't you think we ought to know what to look for? Don't you think at least I ought to know what to look for? Uh, and bless your heart, I wish you knew what to look for. Because you could help me, amen. Say, preacher, there's something not right about those people right there. Say, I don't want to talk about somebody. Hey, listen, if they come in here to destroy this church, I want you to tell me about them. I want to know about them. But I've invested way too much time here to have somebody come in here and destroy this thing. I'm just being honest. I'm being honest. So <laughs> some of you want to know what happened to the dogs. Y'all about guess what happened to the dogs. A long range rifle while they were chasing cattle. That's what they had to do to them. Why? Because they'd already got that uh, cow blood in them. They knew what it was like. But they're deceptive. Wolves are deceptive. You know what Jesus said over in Matthew 7? He said, by their fruits... You shall know them. They're eventually going to bear out their fruit. It's eventually going to come out. They can't hide it no longer. That fruit is eventually going to bear out. And so they're deceptive. They're disguising themselves, but it'll come out. And Paul tells us why. And it is to draw away people to themselves. Strangest thing I ever seen one time 
when me and Paul back here was wiring his house, when him and Heather built their house, how long has that been? Ten years ago? Nine years ago? Ten years ago? I was over in his garage, and in the back side of his garage, he's got two, two windows that look out back over his fields back through there, and Paul's a cattle farmer, and uh, that we were looking at, at the cattle. And, and the funny thing about those, those cows he had is, is they all started moving in one direction. And, and, and they were all moving. They weren't moving fast. They were just walking, and I was watching them, but they were all moving at the same time. And me and him walk around to the corner of the house, and the funny thing about it was they were all moving in one direction except one of them. And one of them was one of his calves. And one of his calves was headed in the other direction. And you know what was standing over there at the edge of the woods that was easing and sneaking out of the woods? It was an old coyote over there. And, and you know what that calf was doing? It was headed right for that coyote. You say, ain't it no smarter than that? No. It wasn't. I talked to Brother West Strickland, pastors up in Mozone. Him and his daddy's got a farm up there. He told me, I told him that story one time. He said, he said Mark, he said, I've, I've seen, he said, I've seen them coyotes play with my calves to draw them away. That's what he said. He said he, they would run toward them, you know, and then run away. And run toward them and run away and, and trying to get them away uh, from everybody else. And you know what's going to happen when they get them away? They're going to kill them. You know what a wolf wants to do in the church? Whether, whether you want to think so or not, I, I, I'm telling you, the, the wolf uh, has to be first. The wolf, it's all about them. Uh, listen, this church is not about me. Yes, I'm the pastor. Uh, yes, I stand up here every Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, uh, Wednesday night, and any other time. Uh, I, I understand that, but this thing ain't about me. And I know that. I, I was telling Brother Larry, the other day, I, when he was in to preach for us last Sunday, I, I, I said, I don't know why God does what He does down in our church, but I love it, and I don't want to mess it up. I think God's trying to do some stuff down here. And, and I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to get in the way of it. But the thing about the wolf uh, uh, is he is trying to draw away. Notice what Paul said. Uh, uh, he said, Grievous wolves are in in, uh, not sparing the flock. Men will rise, uh, speaking diverse things, to draw away disciples uh, uh, after them. I'm not trying to draw away disciples after me. Uh, I'm trying to point you to Christ. If anything, I'll be like the Apostle Paul uh, uh, to the best of my ability and say, Follow me uh, as I follow Christ. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Third John, he said this in verse 9, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. John said, look, Diotrephes, it's all about him. He said, wherefore if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Now, I don't know if Diotrephes was the pastor there or not, but he didn't want to have anything to do with John, and he didn't want to have anything to do with the brethren. And he said, here's what he's doing. He's praying against us with malicious words. Now, you better be careful when somebody begins to start talking about the preacher or talking about somebody in the church that's doing something for God. 
I've got a preacher friend of mine. He wasn't pastoring back then when I tell the story. Uh, but he told me this himself. Uh, uh, he said where we were going to church at, that's where his mom and stepdad went. Uh, and he said we went and ate lunch every Sunday with them when we come out of church. He said sometimes uh, my children would ride with them home. And he said we'd get to the house and sit down to eat lunch. Uh, and he said they were just tearing in uh, to the preacher. Fried and fricasseed preacher, I guess, for lunch. He said, you know what? I finally had to quit going and let my children quit going because they were destroying the preacher sitting at the dinner table. They were wolves. He said they, they prayed against us with malicious words. In other words, there's malice in what they have to say. The wolf cannot be content. He said he's not content. The wolf can't be content. Can't be, can't be content to find their place in the cause of Christ and just do it. I think that'd be good for me and you do. Find where God wants us to be in the body of Christ and do it. Just do it. As, as, brother, as Brother Larry preached last Sunday, some people can't do, they can just help. They can help do. Well, thank God for helpers. Amen. I mean, I went and done an electrical job yesterday, just a little job, and I, had I not had a helper with me, I, I know that I couldn't have got it done. I mean, I'm the one that's holding the license But man, he knows just about as much as I do and he was a great help. We got the job done. Uh, uh, But but listen, a helper, uh, I I mean, it can just just, just gird you up and undergird you and just encourage you to go. Sometimes that's all people need. Amen. But he said he's not content. The, 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 The wolf makes it about them. If you don't like me, that's fine. Personally, that's fine. I want you to like me. Don't misunderstand me. There's a lot of preachers I hear them preach, and man, it's like they're trying to make enemies. I'm not trying to make enemies. But I will tell you this, for the cause of Christ, I ain't backing up. And if you hate me for my preaching, then I guess you're just going to have to hate me because I'm not changing. And some, I know some of these people in here, they're not changing how they're living and how they're believing. Matthew chapter 23, when Jesus talks about the Pharisees, He said, but all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge their borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats and the synagogues. It's got to be all about them. They've got to have the preeminence. That's what He said about the Pharisees, the religious crowd. Got to look the best, sound the best. Got to sing every Sunday. I love good singing. I love good singing. I, I, I even love bad singing when the Lord gets in it. Amen. If he ain't in it, I don't care for it too much. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. But boy, if, even if he gets in it, it, it all turns out to be good, don't it? Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You ever, you ever watch somebody get up here uh, and, and, and they struggle to carry a tune uh, uh, but boy they're believing what they're singing uh, and what they're singing is the truth uh, and you can see God's doing something in their heart. Hey, it'll do something for you, friend. But if it ain't about them, they don't want to fool with it. They got to be first. 
They can't handle authority. That was Korah's problem in Numbers chapter 16. Now Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, uh, the son of Levi and Dathan and Abiram, uh, the sons of Eliab and On, and on the son of uh, Pelath, sons of Reuben, took men. And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses, against Aaron, and said unto them, You take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore, then lift you up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. Now, I know Moses and Aaron. I know what God said about Moses and Aaron. God put them there. And here's what Korah and his men were saying. You take too much upon you. God put it on them. Go back and read the story. Uh, he said, seeing all the congregation is holy. So I guess he thought that they all uh, uh, should be like Moses uh, and be reverenced like Moses uh, uh, and have the position of Moses. I mean, it's, it's like they ain't got a concept of what's going on. They did not realize that God put Moses where Moses was. God chose Aaron to be where Aaron was and these people are so dumb uh, that they don't realize that they're getting themselves in trouble right here. Is that all right? Okay. Mitchell says so. But notice where Korah come from. He rose up among the congregation. That's always the scary part. Now, if you're visiting in here today, I pray you don't take wrong what I'm about to say. But until I get to know you, I'm probably going to be just a little bit standoffish. Just a little bit. Not, not, I'll be as friendly and kind to you as I know how to be, but until we get to know one another and you know what we believe here and I know what you believe, I'm probably going to be a little standoffish. So I'm going to be watching. But, but, it's, people, but it's people that's already here that, that makes that, that I just... Let me see how I can say this without sounding bad. I just... I just don't want nobody in the congregation to turn into a wolf. And that scares me. Korah rose up from the congregation. He did not come from the outside. He came from within inside. The wolf hates people that tell the truth, whether it's the preacher, the Sunday school teacher, They tell the truth. They tell it with authority. Hebrews 13 said, Remember them which have the rule over you, which have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. He's talking about the pastor. You go 10 verses later. He said, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for you souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is, un is unprofitable for you. Uh, I had pinned out I had pinned out in, on, before I got totally done with this that that's a scary thing. What do you mean it's a scary thing? For they watch for ye souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy. That's a scary thing. And, and it's almost, as soon as I said it's a scary thing, it's almost like the Holy Spirit said it's not that scary if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. 
I don't know if God ever talks to you like that. He talks to me like that sometimes. They're deceivers and they're seducers. So they want to draw away people. Why? To destroy. Verse 29 of the text verse, he said, that they'll do what? Grievous wolves entering among you, not sparing the flock. They're the ravening wolves. What was it he said in John chapter 10? I read it at the beginning of this message. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. He catches them. Catches the sheep. What's he going to do when he catches the sheep? He's going to eat it. That's right. He's going to eat it. That's what, that's what the wolf does. You know, there's one part. Is it in the book of Ezekiel? I can't remember. Some of you preachers can help me. Brother Jeff, my mind fails me. After you bragged on me in Sunday school. But, but how, but how the, uh, the shepherd goes out and, and, he, and he picks up a piece of an ear. And he picks up another body part and he picks up another body part. And what he's doing is, you know, the, the wolf had come in and, and tore it up. And he had to go back out and collect up what was left. That's a dangerous thing. You know, there's a lot of churches been destroyed because wolves got in the middle of some things. Whether it was by doctrine or whether it was by them wanting to have the preeminence or whether it was all about them. By the way, I, I, I get nervous with people uh, with, with their doctrine sometimes. I do. I believe in sound doctrine, good Bible doctrine. Because I know that bad doctrine will destroy a church. I know it'll destroy it. I mean, it will literally uh, destroy it. And, 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 and we here at Unity, I mean, we're just King James Bible believers. I, I love this Bible and want to teach this Bible for what it says. Rightly dividing it. The action of the wolf is it wants to destroy. Well, what is the behavior of the wolf? Well, it hangs out at watering holes. Places where people go get something to drink. Seems like that's what a church is, ain't it? It's a watering hole. You know who they prey on? The young and the old and the diseased. Do you know that if you look at, at, at and I wrote down some, uh, some interesting facts about wolves. Uh, I've got, didn't, I didn't mean for this to turn out the way it did, but there's 10 of them. Seems like a good number. But you know the one, you know the one thing about a wolf? Uh, they're, they're cannibals. They're, they're meat eaters. But you know that they'll eat the sick and the injured of their own pack. And, and as I read this, uh, dead wolves are fire game. They'll eat dogs. They'll eat humans, found that out in Europe during the Black Plague, found that out here in the United States during smallpox. They eat their prey alive. They can hear up to six miles away in the forest. I don't know how they know that. I don't know. That's what they said, though. Said it's got 1,500 pounds of crushing force in their jaws. That's pretty good. That'll break any bone. And here's something that is very interesting. They can run up to 38 miles an hour and do it for 20 minutes straight. 
And you know, you know how they, you know how they hunt. They use what's called the exhausting method. They'll keep running their prey and running their prey and running their prey until they wear it out. The exhausting method. And they can hear 20 times better than humans. That's another one. I don't know how they know it, but that's what they said. I think if he told us to beware of wolves in an end, we ought to know something about them. The only problem is, is they look like us sometimes. But that fruit generally comes out. It generally bears out after a little while. They know who to pick on, the young and the old and the disease. They run in packs most of the time. Remember what I said about Korah over there? He got 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. I had a preacher tell me one time that uh, they, somebody come to him and said, Preacher said, the church wants you to leave. Okay. They just seated the church for business and put it on the floor. Come to find out, there wasn't nobody wanted them to leave except this fella here and his family. I'm sure there were some others in there maybe that might have been hiding. I don't know. But I think by the time it's all said and done, and I'm like this, Brother Jeff, I get conflated on stories. You would have been up here for Sunday school. It's pretty good. But by the time it's all said and done, them other people had to leave. I ain't looking to run nobody off. But you, you can bet if you come to me and say, people, preacher, people want you to leave. People want you to resign and go. We're probably going to seek the church for business. And we're going to find out. You're talking awful big. Hey, listen, this is my job. This is my job. This is what I have been called to do, the place that I have been put in, and that to serve Christ. Yes, it's to preach you the truth. Yes, it's to preach you the Word of God. Yes, it is to feed your soul and to help your family and to minister to your needs. But if you don't think I'm going to watch for some wolves and shoot at them when they come, you're crazy if you don't think I'll do that. Well, they do a lot of howling. You 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 ever you, you ever heard you ever heard wolves howl? I've heard them howl on tape, telling my age. Now now it's on MP3 or whatever you know. But I've heard them coyotes at the house. I've I've sat out on the front porch of the nighttime after the sun goes down and it be dark and we can hear them off back over the ridge back over there. Uh, and and they'll be you can hear them howling and yipping. And there's one thing about it they do not howl they do not howl in accord. They howl in discord. It's, it's a diminished or a minor chord that they're howling in. They ain't making pretty sounds is what I'm saying. 
And that's what a that's what a that's what a wolf does is they make a lot of noise and they howl and they howl in discord. And by the way, the Bible said in the book of Proverbs, uh, uh, chapter six, yea, the sixteen that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination. And he talks about a proud look, a lying tongue, and all that. And you come to the very end uh, of those seven, and he said, and he that saw a discord among the brethren don't like discord. People not getting along. He talks about that. For we hear that there be some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busy bodies. He said in 1 Peter 4, But let none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody. In other means, you know that he stuck busybody and put it in the company of a murderer, a thief, and an evildoer. That's the company that a busybody's in. You, you, you know, <laughs> got to be careful right here. Get the correct terminology. You know how an old, an old female wolf feeds her pups that are in the den? She goes out and she eats that meat and she comes back, and here's the proper term, she regurgitates that stuff up and gives it to her pups. And you know what no wolf will do at home? They'll, just, they'll, just, they'll eat up everything they can and they'll go give it back to their family. And they'll turn, they'll, they'll turn it against uh, uh, everybody and everything that they can for the folk down at the church. They'll spread rumors. They'll tell lies. They'll do everything that they can. He said don't be a busybody. Uh, he said don't be involved in other men's matters. Uh, now them that are such, he said in 2 Thessalonians, uh, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness, quietness, in other words, just be quiet, they work, and eat their own bread. So when do I cry wolf? I don't want to cry wolf just to cry wolf. I don't want to make a wolf out of somebody that ain't a wolf, right? I don't want to be, you know, as pastors a lot of times if we ain't careful, we'll see, we'll see the booger man behind every bush. And, and I don't think that's so. I've been around a lot of them boys that, I mean, I've listened to them talk and I'm thinking, man, you're seeing stuff that I ain't sure that's there. But the thing about it is we have to be vigilant and aware and you need to be vigilant and aware because I ain't kidding you. When, 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 when you see something that's about to go bad, you need to tell me. So what am I supposed to do? I know some folk are messed up. They get confused. Their doctrine's a little off. That's not what I'm talking about. Because they don't match the characteristics. But you know what I'm supposed to do? I'm supposed to watch for one, ain't I? Just supposed to watch. See what's going on. That's what the shepherd does. He just watches. How do you, how do you, think, how do you think David found the bear and the lion coming in to the sheep over there? Well, he was watching for them, wasn't he? In 1 Samuel 17. You know... Peter said to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. He's out to get. What did Paul say in verse 31? Therefore, watch. Watch. Be looking. Watch. And remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Paul, he cried before them. 
And, and listen, I don't, I, you, you can, as one preacher said, you can, you can spiritualize this and, and talk about how he went and cried over lost souls, and I'm sure Paul did, but that's not what he's talking about right there. He's warned them about what was going to happen. He said, therefore, watch. And then prove it out. Because he said in Matthew 7, by their fruits, you'll know them. I hope I don't ever have to cry wolf. But you know, Paul said in 1 Timothy, if any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing but doting about questions and strives of words, wherefore cometh envy and strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that godliness is, uh, that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. I, I met with, a, I met with a, a young pastor Man, it, it's, it, it's been a long time ago. Let me say that. And, and he was having problems with folk that had bad doctrine in his church. And they were just messed up. But the problem was is they kept wanting to teach this doctrine. And, and when, he, when he stopped them from being Sunday school teachers, amen, uh, they, they were still trying, I mean, they were still trying to teach this doctrine uh, to folk in the church. And, and I mean, he brought to me what, what they said. What they had wrote to him, what they believed, he had them write down what they believed. That's a smart thing to do. Just don't, just don't misunderstand something. Have them write down what they believe, and they did. He did, and they brought. He brought. I mean, we went over here to the Shoneys. Tell you how long ago that's been, and we sat over there for three hours. And, and the only, and you know, most of the time, and, and any of y'all that know anything about me. Most of the time, I'm not going to give you a whole lot of advice. I'll pat you on the back and smile at you and say, I'll be praying for you. And I mean that. I'll be praying for you. I'll give you what I know and what God gave me. But, but what would happen was, is, is, is when they would start talking about one doctrine, uh, and, and he would refute them on that, well, they would just let that fall away and start on something else. And man, it was just like they were going in a circle and in a circle and in a circle. And the only piece of advice I really give that, that boy, I sat and I listened to him talk for about three hours. I said, here's what I'd do if it's me. I said, I'd talk to him, and I said, I wouldn't let them off one doctrine until they conceded to what the book says. I wouldn't let them let you, get you uh, going around in circles. Because, I mean, they would just drop one doctrine and go to another, and it's just like he was fighting like a multitude of battles at one time. And so that's what he He called me one day, and he said, that's what I've done. He said, I nailed their feet to the floor. He said, we was down in my study at the church. And he said, they started to get away from that doctrine. I said, nope, we're not getting away from it. You show me. You show me and you tell me. He said, and they couldn't. And he said, man, they got frustrated. And you know what they finally done? They had to leave. Going to destroy that church. Going to destroy that church. Wolves will enter in. They're mean. I know this ain't a typical Sunday morning message. I know that. I get that. But listen, we're to be watching for wolves. Why? Because they're destructive. And you need to watch for wolves in your own life. Stuff that's going to try to draw you away from God. Stuff that's going to try to draw you away from His Word and draw you away from His dear Son. They're out there and they'll try to get you. Let's bow our heads this morning.